You're listening to Legal Talk Network. Hello and welcome to another edition of Special Reports on the Legal Talk Network. This is Adriana Linares. I'm a legal technology trainer and consultant. I'm based out of Orlando, Florida. But today, I'm on site at the ABA Law Practice Division Fall Meeting at the U.S. Grand Hotel in sunny San Diego, California. We're here to cover this event, its highlights, and for you, our listeners, introduce you to some of our most interesting and influential leaders in the Law Practice Division. Joining me now is Mark Lauritsen from Harvard, Massachusetts. Hey, Mark. Welcome. Hey, good afternoon. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Mark, you are this year, and for many years, actually chairing the e-lawyer and task force for the ABA. Before I get into asking you about that, tell me a little bit about your professional career, um, what you've done, what you're doing, and sort of um, just a little background on you so our listeners know who they're talking or listening to. Okay. Well, I began life as a legal aid lawyer right out of law school, uh, but I got uh, recruited back into law teaching, so I became a clinical instructor at Harvard, ran the clinical program there uh, for a while, and in the midst of that got diverted into technology, because the law school in the 1980s got a grant to do a research program on technology and law practice called Project Pericles. Oh, wow, in the 80s? In 1984 it began. Wow. So I Go started... Harvard. Exactly. Very forward thinking. It was very forward thinking. They had a, they had a nice budget. We had a million-dollar VAX computer, which uh, probably is about a tenth as powerful as an iPhone. Wow, right. Uh, today. But anyway, so I did that for a long time, got really enthusiastic about how technology can improve the practice of law. And uh, after another 10 years of doing R&D around this at, at the university, I, I found that there was not a lot of interest in legal academia in this topic. So I started a consulting group called Capstone. And in recent years, that's what I mainly do, run a consulting practice. I do some side teaching as an adjunct and uh, play around with some other entrepreneurial ideas. That's great. And then for the Law Practice Division, you have been an integral part of the e-learning task force. You've been around for a long time and pushing that forward. So why don't you tell us a little bit about the task force and its goals and how you've seen it sort of change and and maybe what's going on just in general with the task force. Yeah, the e-learning task force was convened around the year 2000 by the ABA president, Bill Paul, as uh, an entity that would look into the next generation of law practice and how specifically lawyers can use the Internet to serve the unmet needs of the vast middle class and people with moderate income. And so uh, we've operated as a task force for almost 15 years. We uh, uh, evangelize at law schools. We do standards. We do a lot of education. And we, we, we stimulate a lot of conversation among practitioners on that topic. And when we travel to cities outside of Chicago, maybe in Chicago, we have some outreach programs that the e-lawyer and task force does specifically with law schools. So why don't you tell us a little bit about those initiatives and maybe even if there happen to be some law school leaders listening, how programs like this might be brought to their law schools. Absolutely. That's, that's been a very successful activity. Um, for most of the last 12 years, we've tried whenever possible uh, in connection with one of the sections meetings or now the divisions meetings to uh, interest a local law school in hosting us. Mm-hmm. And over pizza and soda, often we get anywhere from 30 to 50 to 100 law students and professors uh, to talk about these issues, how the profession is changing, how lawyers can compete with the new incumbents like um, LegalZoom and Rocket Lawyer and other alternative providers. So uh, we had one here in San Diego today at California Western Law School. And when you're talking to the law students or even lawyers who are just trying to figure out what e-lawyering means and how do I get better at it, what's, 
what's sort of the, the crystallized description of e-lawyering and how it's a little bit, it means more than just I've got a website and an email address and maybe an online yeah. practice management program. Like take right. us to the next level so we really get a good idea. Yeah, we, try to, we try to define e-lawyering as, as using all of the power of electronic media to do what lawyers traditionally have done to engage in counseling clients, drafting documents, interacting with adversaries, advocating, negotiating, but using modern electronic technologies and especially secure technologies. So as opposed to a person or a lawyer who's got a website and an email address and and hangs out at Starbucks, for instance, to interact with clients, um, the the, the sweet spot for e-lawyering is having a true secure online environment for interaction with clients, so a secure portal. And how do I get one of those if I'm a lawyer who's interested in having a secure portal to be able to deliver legal services to my clients? A variety of of, uh, practice management software uh, vendors now supply reasonably secure, in fact, quite secure online um, portals for clients. There are a couple specific vendors that do exactly that. So um, if you go to the e-lawyering section of of the law practice division's website, we've got listings of such people. And I think that's the starting point. You can always build your own. But, but frankly, it's much more cost-effective cost to use an existing one. Sure. And they're pretty uh, reasonably priced these days. Yeah. They're secure. They've ironed out a lot of the ethical concerns and the questions that come up with security. A lot of that's been yeah. sort of taken care of and really takes the work out of it. It's been really transformative since, you know, when we began. This, to do this uh, adequately 10 years ago, you would need to spend five or $10,000 to construct an environment. Nowadays, for a few hundred dollars a month, you can have a, a, a compliant, very effective online environment that's fully secure and has all kinds of features for file sharing, message sharing, time tracking, uh, even document automation. Yeah, and that's a, definitely a very important component to it that I think a lot of lawyers don't even realize the importance of understanding what document automation is and how, to, how it helps them get to that next level of service for their clients. Exactly, because clients today, I think, expect, and you know, increasingly clients expect this kind of service to be available. They think their lawyers are going to be using the latest and greatest tools. Uh, they're often disappointed, but they shouldn't be. That's right. Well, it looks like we've reached the end of our time. I want to thank you, Mark, so much for joining us today. Before I let you go, though, why don't you tell everyone how either they can get a hold of you or get involved with the e-lawyering task force or the law practice division in general in order not just to learn more but maybe to participate. Okay. We certainly encourage all our listeners to participate. Um, if you just go to the ABA's website and, and to the uh, law practice divisions part of it, you will find the e-lawyering task force. I can be reached at Mark, M-A-R-C, at capstonepractice.com. Also, just Mark Lawrence in that Twitter. Thanks so much, Mark. Really appreciate it. This has been another edition of Special Reports. I'm Adriana Linares. Until next time, thank you for listening. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thank you.